This is the good stuff. This is the good stuff. James, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's been a while. Been yeah. asking to come on for a long time. I know, I know. And uh, just had to had to make you sweat a little bit. I did. I left. You I did. left you for fuck- six months. You fucked off. We had to, uh, yeah, we just had to give you a bit of space, a bit of time to go mm. find yourself. And here we are. And I still haven't found myself, that's but we right. are. I don't know if it's that's doable. First question for you before before we do dive into that good stuff. What gets you out of bed in the morning? Ooh, I can see internally you're smiling because we've spoken about this mm. already and I'm not allowed to say certain things. So. My favourite question. You can say whatever the fuck you want. Look, no, I can't. I can't say coffee and I can't say my alarm. <laughs> oh, that's true. So That's true. I've thought about it for a while and the beautiful answer would be to be better every day. Good. Good. What does that look like? How do you, how do you manifest goodness into... Or better into your daily existence. Whoa. That's a great question. Thanks. Have had, you been doing this I've for had a while? Some, had some practice. Yeah. Um, how do I do that? I suppose just constantly wanting to learn, having that growth mindset, um, and it's what I'm 26 now, and I feel like I'm a 42 year old with <laughs> the head that I have and the wisdom that I have. And you know, when I say this, it's not I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anything, but. I feel like there's a lot of wisdom there and then... Bit of self-praise, which we love. Bit of self-praise. It's good for you. As my dad told me, <laughs> self-praise is no recommendation, but <laughs> yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. Um, thanks, Dad. Um, but yeah, just wanting to learn, um, just wanting to take in whatever you um, see and do and who you speak to. doesn't mean you have to act on it. You can take it in and you can filter it and then spit out what you want out of your mind or however you spit it out. Um and take the nuggets of gold that you get from each conversation or experience. Have you always been like that? Have you always been growth orientated? Nah. Nah. If you had met me when I was or oh, maybe 18, 19, um, you'd probably laugh at me. Um, <laughs> wouldn't have laughed. No, you wouldn't have laughed. You'd, we're all different. Um, and I think my mindset when I was that age was to be very conservative, very um, restrictive and just stick to you know, saving money, um, sacrifice, let's get a house, let's, you know, I'm not going out this Saturday night, um, even if not to spend the whole night out, yep. but not even see friends or just let's just save money and let's just get that house. Yeah, where'd that, where'd that conservative nature come, come from? Um, yeah, probably parents. Yep. Um, and that's, yeah, a lot of them speaking about what they did when they were my age. Um, and then obviously that's all I knew. That's what I was growing up with. And you not wanting to... To repeat that, or you wanting to follow what they did? Yeah, I suppose you you idolise your parents and what they've done, and you see what they've built together, yeah, um, and everything they have got, um, and you go, oh wow, that looks pretty good, doesn't it? Um, maybe I want to do that too. Yeah. Um, but then, I think over a few years, sort of that eighteen through to twenty three, maybe, um, I just went in a sort of downward trajectory in my own mental space um, to a point. Where I was like, something needs to change. Yeah. Talk talk me through that downward trajectory. Was there self-awareness around it? Was there understanding around it? Or was it kind of like you were spiralling down, you didn't really know what or why? I couldn't see it at the time. I think it was festering. It was bubbling away. And there had been a lot of different experiences in my life, whether it was bullying in high school, um, whether it was the feeling of not feeling good enough, which is my whole belief now which I'm working through yep. um, so everything links back to that 
which is quite fascinating when my psychologist, I'll talk to her and she'll go, remember it links back to this? And you're like, damn it, I didn't think it did. But um, there's that. There was just a whole bunch of things that had happened and I'd just pushed it down for so long and it was just bubbling and bubbling and pushing and pushing up and to a point where, yeah, I think the catalyst was when I ended the relationship with my previous partner and then I put myself into a spiral after that. Um, Yeah, it's just a a pretty bad, like, depressive state Um, and I'll always thank my parents in that week that... It was Christmas week, actually. Great time to do what I did. Um, and uh, they knew I was battling, so they just said, no, nah, you come with us, and they were going to New Zealand for a week. Yeah. And they just said, you're coming. So they took me with them, and I think I'll always thank them for that. Um, I don't. I probably should verbally say it more to them. <laughs> but internally, yep. I always thank them we'll for just, doing we'll that. S- we'll send them the link after the podcast airs. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Dad will watch this. I can guarantee yeah, that. Love that. Shout um, out to your old man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll always thank them for that, for taking me, because who knows what could have happened in that week. Talk, I mean, share as much as you want, but talk through like your headspace and where you're at at the start of that week compared to the end of that week and like what it did for you. Poor. The start of the week, it was, you're sort of sitting there going, do I, what am I going to do? Because mum and dad are away. Yep. My brother's away. I have no one here with me. It's yep. just me and I'm going to have my thoughts. So you, poor, you're thinking all the things that you can do probably to yourself yeah. Um, because, yeah, there's those, all those things that have happened, the not good enough feeling comes back, even though any relationship was my choice and then I still felt not good enough. So, yeah, the start of the week, it was that. After I came back from New Zealand, it was a bit of a better space because once I got to the airport in Melbourne, you see all the... Um, bookstores <laughs> yeah. and the, I walked in and you know you're just grumpy you're sad everything and this bright orange book was glaring at me another book and hey I'm sure I know the book oh absolutely you do <laughs> Mark Manson what yeah. a great man and um, big fan his his book <coughs> The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck just yeah. grabbed me and I read that in a day and just powered through it and as soon as I read that, that that's when the start changed yep and by the end of the week, I'd seen family friends and they'd chatted to me and love them dearly. But, you know, it was a lot of let's fix this instead <laughs> yeah. of let's listen and yeah. have that empathy. But there were still some nuggets there that you could take away. And I think that was the start of that little bit of, okay, I'm starting to feel better. Because I wasn't eating like I was eating a meal a day. Um, and mum and dad were like stressed as because I was like, you see me. I'm so you're saying you ruined their holiday? Basically, yeah. <laughs> I ruined ruined their week that they were seeing their friends that I hadn't seen in about five years. Yeah. So, um, But I think I don't think it was real, and I think they were grateful no, that a, I was with mate, them. Well, as a new parent, I, I'm, I've no doubt that they were grateful that they were able to mm. help in some capacity. Absolutely. Couldn't imagine if I have a kid and you're away on a trip and they're battling, you're just you're probably oh, feeling yeah. worse off. At least if they're, they're with you, yep. you know what they're doing and you can see what's happening. Yeah, so. and they give you the space to you know, enjoy an aspect of travel, the perspective shift that it allows, and different part of the world, different environment. You know, yep. you know as well as any the importance of environment. Um, how do you how do you look back? And obviously, we've got a lot more to talk about. But how do you like sitting here today, reflecting on that period of your life? How do you feel about it 
what are like the main things that come up in terms of like what you've learned and the, you know, you talked at the start about wanting to be better. How is that manifested to now? Well, what I've learned, I think, yeah, as easy as it's said and done, stress less <laughs> about yeah. things, you know. Um, I listened to Hamish McLaughlin on The Imperfects the other day and yeah. like what he's been through and he's always had this mindset, there's no problem that's too big or small. There'll always be a way to solve it. Whatever you need, we'll find a way. Um, and I think early days I would grab a little thing, tiny thing, and then blow it up massively in my own head yeah. and stew on it and pros, cons and like what's the worst thing, what's the best thing and just go through a whole mental episode within myself um just for this tiny thing yeah whereas now it's like yeah we'll solve them yeah i understand carry on i mean it's maybe a little flippant for me to say but we don't really have any we don't have any real problems like trends like for the majority of us and you know um you know i'm reading a book about a guy that at 47 found out he was having he's having he had cancer stomach cancer and you know the book basically chronicles his demise we, and he you know lives with the north for six months and he basically kind of says this i want this to be my lasting legacy and anyone that's read tuesdays with Murray is a very sim- similar book and one of the lines i literally read it half an hour before before um before you got here and it was just along the lines of like if only i could if i only i knew then what i know now my problems wouldn't have seen seemed so so massive and it's i don't know death's one of those things that we don't talk about or don't don't confront very often and um i carry a memento mori coin in my pocket every now and again just as a little reminder but it's just in the scheme of things is this something i'm going to worry about five ten years and if the answer is no then maybe yeah which is a lot easier said than done Mm. that's that's probably the other thing when you talk about death you know i hadn't dealt with the trauma of um my nan passing away when i was that 16 17 years old because yep. I didn't know how to. It never happened in my life. Yep. And that was buried away. And then um, my granddad then passed away a few years later. And then uh, more recently, my pa, who was I was incredibly close with, had passed away too. And like that, from looking back to how I handled my nan to how I handled my pa, I was like, you realise that death's a part of life. It's it's going to happen. It's, like, yeah, it's, it's one thing we all have in common. mm you know, we, we get on this earth, we do what we want to do, and then it's all over. Yep. And then after that, who knows? From there, whatever you believe, you go from there. Yeah. Yeah, so how how have those experiences shaped how you live your life now? Um, <clears throat> it's still a work in progress, for sure. Don't get me wrong. It'll, it'll, never, always, it'll always be. I'm not sitting here <laughs> trying to preach to people that, hey, I've, I've figured out life. Um well, like, sorry to interrupt you, but like, this is the thing I love about these conversations because you, you have it, and like, you have these conversations with skin in the game. We're not talking from the finish line. Like, you know, you talk to people you look up to, Mark Manson, except like those kind of people. You go, oh, thought leader, figured it all out, knows exactly what's up. Be like, they're in the thick of it just like we are. Mm. And I think when, as an adult. And as a maturing adult, when you realise that and you realise, fuck, everyone's just winging it, everyone's just doing their best, everyone's, you know, has, everyone's living through the human experience, which is good and bad and suffering and pain and, you know, and and goodness and happiness and joy and all of the, the good and bad and frustrating stuff. 
It's just you kind of, I think, or it allows me to kind of be a little easier on myself. Yep. Do you feel the same? It's a good way to put it, for sure. And that's where I'm at now is being okay with, you know, if I've mapped out a day where, okay, I'm waking up at five, I'm walking the dog, going for a dip, going to the gym, studying, getting yep. my lectures done. And then at the end of the day, if I look back and go, oh, actually, I didn't walk the dog this morning, but hey, I walked it this afternoon. Like previous years, I would be so like hard on myself and yeah. say, you didn't do this. Why didn't you do this? But now it's like, you did it at a different time. Who cares? It's yeah. done. I, and I, like, I always like the, if you wake up feeling 40% and you, you know, do 40% of what you need to do, you've, you've had a hundred percent day. Mm. You've done as much as you could give. And it's the, you know, we use it in the gym here. It's just like manage your resources, but don't quit. Like do the best you can with what you've got and, you know, show up, show up again tomorrow and repeat until you eventually cark it and you've lived a good life. <laughs> <laughs> Tell let's, let's go back a little bit. Talk to me. What was James like? Going through school and how did and what did what pathway did you follow to what you're doing now, which we'll obviously talk about. Yeah, I will. I think James now loves trying to think about what primary school James was like because <laughs> you see photos and he's got this cheeky <coughs> grin on him and he doesn't really care about everything and he's just a little smart ass and has fun. Um, and then high school comes and then. You know, I, I would say a lot of people would, re- would relate to high school being painful and a lot of, for not everyone, but a lot of people would say that, you know, there's bullying or there's, you know, events that happen in high school because of varying factors. But for me personally, it was, yeah, the bullying um, and the not fitting in with groups. You know, I was sporty, um, so I had, there was a sporty group, but never felt I could fit in, so then I was like, okay, I'll go try hang out with the people who are interested in computer games or yep. IT stuff, and then you'd sit there and go, I can't talk about this stuff because I don't do it. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the, the bullying was there, and even though, you know, and I've spoken to the guys who were saying the things to me, and I've seen them, one in particular, and, like, we had a huge chat about it one night, and we just, like, were crying and just hugging it out at the end of it. Cute. Um, but we Cath- did both. Is it cathartic? Yeah. Good. Yeah. It was It was good. And we both didn't realise because it was coming my way the, about being bigger, being fat. And then he was a redhead. So back in high school it was, oh, you're, right, yeah. you're a bloody ranger and all this stuff. And I didn't yeah. think it was, I was just responding to what I was getting thrown at me. Yeah. And then, <coughs> as he said to me, he goes, yeah, but you don't realise what you were saying. You're both just like poking the fire. Yeah, and both poking it. And I always felt I was the victim and never thought yeah. from his end. Yeah. And then for him to say to me, mate, you like what you said hurt me, I was like, oh. Perspective is a wonderful thing. Mm. And perception is a wonderful thing as well. Like, adolescence is such a shit show. Mm. In of itself, like, because you're trying to figure out how who you are, build some awareness, understand all this shit that's going on. And then you're trying to figure out how the world works at the same time. And you add <laughs> other people into that and it's just a it's just a mix it's just like a melting pot of of chaos. <laughs> yeah, it's a of, good way of to emotional put it. chaos. That's a great way to put it. And at the end at the end of the day, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Like you look back now, you go, like I look back and you know, I I'm not big on regret, but I go, Oh, I wish I knew this or I wish I was able to do this or I wish I was able to to approach this in a certain way because it would have 
given me or it would have enabled me so much more now but then you look you can also go like like the not being too hard on yourself like i said before you need like you meet life with where you're at so you know you can read you could read subtle out of giving a fuck when you're 18 and you could have been like this book shit mm. <laughs> or you could read it when you're you know 22 23 um and you go all right this is life-changing and you know every i, I like i love rereading books because you're rereading like it's a different book because you're different um and you get to experience it a whole nother time. Like yeah. this book I'm reading, it's a once a year book for me. Um, and my relationship with life and death changes as I change. Yep. Um, so how, how did you, like from a, like let's go back to that bullying, bullying stuff, is like kind of reconciled that with the one of the people. What was the, what was the, immediate feeling maybe not necessarily at the time but kind of in the days and, and weeks after those, that conversation w- was it a feeling of of kind of peace or was it a feeling of like you know, still still things that were unresolved um i think it was it was nice to speak to him about it and actually iron it out from both ends i suppose there's never a real, a real peace because the only peace you get is having peace within yourself just because the words were said and you've made peace with the person mm. doesn't mean that the feelings of, oh, shit, I'm, I'm fat or I'm overweight or, you know, there's still that continually bubbling away. And I think now I'm at a point where, you know, I've just come back and we'll probably get to, the, get to that soon from a six-month hiatus from Melbourne. Great use of hiatus. Um, and, you know, I've put on six kilos through the, just the, all those travels and, you know, not really committing to exercise, but it was a nice break for me. Um, and I've come back and I'm back here training and I'm like, yeah, so what? Like, I'm six kilos heavier. I know <coughs> I can get back to that. I'd, it'll take yeah. some time, but I've, I'm have i a bit more um, self-compassionate to that stuff and a bit more kinder to myself Good. in that regard. Not saying that it's perfect, but... Oh, it's, a, it's an interesting, like, I won't use the term balancing act, but it's an interesting, like, um, almost, like, juxtaposition between being kind to yourself and being disciplined. It's like they're conflicting thoughts or conflicting ideas, and, you're, like, both are important and, and both are necessary to live a fulfilling life, I think, but you almost kind of need to go, all right, what do I need right now? Do I need a cuddle or do I need to kick up the bum? And... That's something you're getting better. You're like you know, evidently getting better at that. That's built or driven by self awareness. So if you're more aware of what you need, you can go. You know what? I need a cuddle. I need to go take six months to um, to have a break and chill out and 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 es- not escape, but remove myself from current environments. And you know, I'm sure you'll get to a point in next week or a month or two months where you're like, all right, now yeah. I've got to knuckle down and kick up the bum and. Well, the thing that I thought of just then was 2019, I was like 103 kilos, biggest I've ever been. And I was like, I need a kick up the bum. And for me, it was this program that was happening. It was like a six week, uh, nine kilos in six week thing. And I know health professionals go, that is, you can't do that. That's horrendous. But it taught me like all those discipline, little bits of discipline that you can do to make a change and that... If you really put your mind to it, like change can happen pretty quick. However, yeah. in that weight loss sense and sticking to foods and stuff, and it's not sustainable what I was doing. But there's that point, and now I'm at, and that was very that end goal 
driven. Whereas yep. now I'm back and I'm like, no, this is the journey that I'm on. Like, yeah, there's going to be a day where, you know, my, oh, I don't know what the word is, but the, the craving that I get is for lollies, like a bag <laughs> of lollies. And I'm like, there's going to be days where I just want a big party mix of Alan's lollies <laughs> and I just go and get them. Like, and yeah. that's okay. Um, yeah. As long as I'm not doing that every single day. I mean, the way I look at health and fitness and well-being is like that um, that challenge that you did is an experience that if properly, um, if if you allow it to educate and teach you, it gives you more tools in your toolbox, right? So, you know, if you get back from a six-month trip and you go, you know what, I, I need to kick up the bum, I need like a short-term um, rapid change then you can lean back on that and go I know this isn't a long long term thing but it almost like kickstarts your engines and it gets it, you know I love the idea of like action drives motivation like we're not necessarily motivated inherently motivated like you have ups and downs you have times where you want to go do the thing but most of the time you need something to kickstart that and if it's a you know a restricted eating plan or a smash yourself in the gym for three weeks and it allows you to get moving, and then it's part of that bigger picture. Mm. Brilliant. Yep. It's it's yeah. It's it's the tool for the for that particular job at that particular point in time. Because I think the sustainability side of things is almost almost overrated from a training perspective. Is like not overrated. I need to be careful how I say this. I need to articulate it better. But <laughs> it's it's not overrated. But it it can be overrated as the only solution. Yeah. Um, because you have to meet at where you're at, give yourself what you need. And there's sometimes there needs to be times where you just put, you know, balls to the wall and go flat chat at something for a period of time, right? Like, you know, you're studying masters at the moment and there, there's going to be a time where you have to go, you know what, social life, health, etc. It's going to have to, you know, be pushed to the side for this week while you get your six assignments done that you're meant to do over the last 12 <laughs> weeks. Like this is, this is how life works. We need yeah. to swing, you know, to a particular thing at times and I think the way I look at the rest of life is about building our capacity to do so do so well and do so in a, in a way that doesn't ruin you <laughs> that you just fall off the wagon and stop training forever well the, that's perfectly how you put it because for me it was okay you had this end goal of nine kilos and then by the end of that six weeks like I lost the nine kilos and you feel great and the next the Monday morning you go Oh, now what, what do I do now? <laughs> Whereas what you've just said yeah. is that journey. It's like, yeah, you can have this kickstart for three, four <coughs> weeks. Yeah. But then post that, let's then continue to like, mani- not manipulate or change the eating habits and, you know, increase your calorie count slowly or whatever it might be. So it's not just yeah. a, I was eating a thousand calories a day to yeah. I'm going back to two and a half thousand. And yeah. It's blown out of proportion. It's let's do the journey side of it, not just stop. What do I do now? Here's the analogy I've been working on in my head for the last 27 seconds. Is you played video games before? Oh, long time ago. Right. So, so you ha- like the video game is a finite game, right? Like it has a clear start, clear rules, you know, clear parameters, clear end. Life isn't like that. Life is a f- is an infinite game. So there's no rules you know, outside of societal norms, etc. There's no clear ending apart from when you die, but there's no like place you need to get to. Um, like a video game, we, there's this one big journey, right? Which you know you could chronologically look at anyone's life and go, okay, there's a big journey from inception to what's the opposite of inception? Death, <laughs> outception. 
Yeah, That's I just made something up. Um, <laughs> and whatever happens between point A and point B doesn't you know, really matter, but we get to choose which side quests we go on along that journey. Mm. So if you decide to, you know, let's go lose 10 kilos real quick, why the fuck not? Mm. Let's go learn how to play the piano. Like we get to choose what things we do. And ultimately if it, you know, it might take us a long period of time to get back onto the main path out, out of that side quest. But when we do get back onto that path, if there's a, if there's lessons and clear learning and enjoyment and challenge that come from it, then we're the, we're better off for it. So now you can look back at those periods of time and go, you know, maybe it wasn't the best and maybe health professionals will, you know, kick up a stink. But at the end of the day, it's your side quest. It's your life. You get to do what you want. Mm, that's if you want to go fucking eat lollies, mate, go load up on some Allens. Oh, I have. Don't worry. It's happened. <laughs> it's happened. But like you said about choice, I think, I don't know if it was you prior to me leaving. I think we've argued, we've argued about this. The, um, you know, life's about choice. You, you, you're All the one is. that's in the power and you have the choices to go and do what you want. And now I've said this to numerous people and I love the feedback you get from different people and they're like, yeah, but what if someone's been born into a, a criminal family or they don't have a home their whole life? I'm like, yeah, okay, I get that. And this could go down a horrendous path for this podcast, but... And I, I don't know, I could be flippant. Here's a flippant thing. Great use of flippant. Could be flippant here. That's a good word. And if everyone has a choice in life, I have a choice. I'm a privileged man. I will put my hand up and say I've had a privileged life. 100% admit that. But it, say if we're using a homeless person on the street, do they have the same choice to try and make their life better that I do? Or is it separate or is it different or... Are they powerless? Are you, is that rhetorical? Or are you ask me what I think. No, I'm asking as well. So they they have to meet that choice, or I, they have to meet the choice with where they're at, right? So we like I'm very similar, very privileged life, you know, very lucky. I'm fucking sitting in a chair talking about shit that doesn't really matter, right? Like, <laughs> like I'm glad that you think I don't matter. Thanks, mate. You know what no, I mean? I'm joking. You know what I mean? Like, we, like joking. we're talking about like the actualization side yeah. of life, right? You know, you'd know it, you would have studied it, but Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We have, um, it's actually on the wall over there, so I'm going to shift my gaze so I don't <laughs> fuck it up. But we have our physiological needs, you know, which is survival, right? We need to eat, we need to sleep, we need to hydrate. We have our safety needs. We need something, somewhere to live, somewhere to, you know, to lay our head at night, somewhere to, you know, keep us dry from the rain and all, you know, all of nature stuff. And then there's the the love and belonging and community and connection side of things. Um, and then there's self-esteem and you know, self-awareness, self-compassion that you mentioned before. Um, and then there's self-actualization, which is like, all right, well, I've got everything I need. How can I create fulfillment and meaning and, and enjoyment and appreciation and challenge? And how do I build that into my life? And the, the homeless guy that is sitting there and going, well, it's his choice he there's two ways to look at it right you can look at it's not his fault where he is and where he's at 100 percent believe that but it's his responsibility to do something about it um you know like between stimulus and response there's there is a space and in that space is our power to choose our response in our response lies growth and freedom and he and you know this guy as as a as an example has the opportunity to go all right well do I just go, fuck my life, this is shit, 
you know, I was born into a family that didn't support me, whatever. Or does he go, how do I take another, take a step forward? How do I, you know, move up the, the ladder of Maslow's hierarchy of needs? How do I, you know, and, and it's difficult because all these things happen at once, but how do I, maybe guarantee is a bad word, but how do I give myself physiological stability? Um, how do I ensure I know where my next meal is coming from? How do I do this? And, and you know, a big part of it's asking for help and finding support networks. And, you know, there are you know, lots of people who want to do good. Um, I truly believe that. And someone in that position, there's there's avenues out. And, I, and you know, saying this from a privileged position, so I'm not at all trying to understand exactly what it's like I'm trying to understand, but I'm not going to know exactly what it's like. Yep. But you've almost just got to like, you know, try and connect with pe- other people and try and try and build the physiological needs, the safety needs, and then you build in the connection needs, and then you build in the um, the esteem needs. And you know, obviously, we live in a world that it's way harder than it should be for people to get out of those situations. Um, and we probably don't need to sit here and talk about the downfalls of capitalism, et cetera, <laughs> because we'll be here all day. But um, I don't know. I think that person has a choice. Like we have a choice. Like, you know, you've, you have cho- we have choices every day to move ourselves closer to the person we want to be or further away. And the, it's the culmination of all of those choices that determines who we are, the life we live, um, you know, how we spend our time, all of that kind of stuff. And doesn't necessarily make it easy. It's not easy, but it's a, I don't know, for me, that's the pathway out to self-actualization, to, uh, I, I like using the word, like transcend and include. Like we transcend, like <clears throat> I'm watching my girls grow up at the moment and like, you know, 10 minutes ago, it feels like they were little potatoes and they were babies and they did nothing and they just cried and pooed and stuff. <laughs> and now now Billy's running around saying da-da and stuff. And it's like, as... Billy develops from a potato to a baby to a um, to a toddler, and as she, you know, Lucy's now three or almost three, and she's a little kid. She transcends that previous version of herself, but includes it. Like she, she still was a, was a toddler at some point, and mm-hmm. we're just. I'm a thirty year old version of that. I've had thirty years of transcending and including, mm-hmm. and you know, all of the decisions I make from this point out will determine what I become over the next 20 or 30 years. So, yeah, even though some people aren't as lucky and and luck comes down to it way more than we would like to admit, like, Mm. you know, anyone listening to this podcast is immensely fortunate and more fortunate than, you know, the majority of of the human existence up until this point. Um, And I think with with that luck comes a responsibility to make your own world a better place, a place where you love to be, and then the rest of the world a better place. Yep. <clears throat> Discuss. Yeah. It, oh, there's a lot there. I think the first the first person that comes to mind was a, a guy I worked with at, at Holmes Glen, and he um, did a lot of that social work, and he's seen everything from top to bottom, and, you know, I've said some challenging things to him and he's come back at me and said, basically, in a sense, you've lived a privileged life and you don't really get all of this 
Yeah. I'll, I don't. Like you said, <coughs> I, I don't understand it, but I will try my hardest. I don't, yeah, and I don't know if there's a lot of utility in that. Like, obviously, there's learning that comes from that mm. response, but I don't know if there's a lot of utility from, from the, like, you haven't lived it, so you can't understand. It's like, this person's trying, like, you're trying to understand and trying to meet him at a, at a point where you can make a difference and mm. you can have some input and you can contribute in some way. Um, it's like, yeah, it's like there's not, I don't know, I, the way I look at life and decision-making is like, all right, where's the utility in this? How can we do something about it? And, the, you know, and the, you know oh, you'll never understand. It's just not helpful. Mm. It's, yeah, the, the other thing that I came back to and you explained it better than how I phrased the question was that homeless person has the choice to change like their future or change, you know, yes, it's not their fault mm. that they're there, but okay, now they have the choice to go and make various choices to what it, to benefit their life or better their life, however they want. I think, yeah, yeah that's and and sure they d- and they don't have the safety nets and they don't mm. have they don't have the the fallbacks that we we would or mm. that we do, um, but it almost doesn't matter where, from where they're at because there's what's the other choice mm. like. There's no utility in going, ah, fuck it. Like, you know, and, th- and you know, some people, that's the sad reality of of some people's existence. They decide that life's not worth living or they decide that what's the point in trying and that, or do they decide that I, like, people settle for, you know, wherever they're at. Um, I'm going to butcher the quote because I haven't written up on my wall, but it's like um, one of the saddest things is that everyone has their reasons Everyone has their reasons why mm. they didn't quit their job or why they stayed with a partner they didn't love or with why they, um, you know, didn't go and do the training session or why they didn't start the course or whatever it is. And it's like, again, it's not their fault, but it's their responsibility what they do with that choice. Yep, 100%. And to extend on that, uh, one of my first mentors posts that week in New Zealand who I reached out to, you might have actually played against him, Brad Sykes, he... Um, Shout out. Yes. I'll hun- get I'll him on the podcast. You should. You, mm. oh, He's a great man. Very good man. Um, and helped me in that initial phase post that, um, post me getting the relationship and got me to this point. And he uh, spoke to me about this little, I don't know what you want to call it, this diagram or whatever you want to, whatever you want to picture it. But if you can imagine the word choice at the top, we've all got the choice. And then we make that choice and then you've got kind of three responses that you can do to it. You can either play, go down the left-hand left hand side and play a poor me card and go, oh, well, why does this keep happening to me? Like, yeah. you know, I've made this choice and then this has happened. Oh, why does this happen to me? Like, it's not fair. Life's not fair. Um, or you can take the right-hand avenue and say, and blame and go, that was your fault, Lockie. Like, mm. you caused me to do this or you caused it to end badly or whatever it was and you blame people. Or the third option through the middle is that no matter the outcome of the choice, you take responsibility for that choice. The initial choice, take responsibility for it and go, okay, that didn't work out. What can I do better next time? And what he preached to me and now I preach to others like, you know, Jess who's now at the gym. That was one of the first things I said to her when I started coaching it and she was like, whoa, that was big. Like, that's really hit me. And you take that ownership of that choice 100% 100% of 
Okay, I won't say 100%. 99.9% of the time, good things happen if you take accountability for it. Yeah. Well, things happen. And and like 100% of the time, things happen. And there's utility in one of those responses, right? And even if bad things happen, like, I don't know, I like love the idea that nothing's good or bad. It's just, it is as we see it. Mm. Um, You know, something something horrible can happen, but we can decide, we can choose to, to look at it and go, all right, how did this make me a better person? How did I learn from this? Um, you know, how is this a good thing? And it can be something horrible, but we can you can look at it and go, how how did it make me better, or how will it make me better? And automatically, you're moving towards the person you want to be. Like we all, I, don't know, I, I would like to think that we all want to experience life more and we want to connect with people on deeper levels and we want to do better things and we want to contribute more there's only one of those three options that allows you to do that and i think being aware self-aware enough to be able to know that you're not going to make the right decision every time and you're going to fuck up and you're going to choose to blame or choose to um or choose to throw the poor me card out. If we understand that, which we're all gonna we're all gonna do it. If we understand that you're all gonna do it, then you can catch yourself when you do and you go, you know, like as a really you know, um as a really front of mind example, Lucy got bitten by a dog the other day and we can respond and go, fuck them, it's their fault, et cetera, et cetera. But the only real utility is how do we support and help Lucy overcome this and to move forward and you know I have no doubt that it'll um, in the wash up it'll help us be better parents it'll help us you know have a better connection with Lucy and it'll help her understand that you know occasionally the world kind of doesn't work out the way you want it to work and and that's okay Mm. what the thing that happens isn't the most important thing it's what you do with it and you know again it's the kind of caveat to this is like it's easier to say it from a place of privilege, um, from a place where you, know, you can't really fail. Um, but this is the only, like this lens is the only one w- in which I can experience the world and you're the same and everyone can only experience the world through their own ex- experience and their own their own lens. So I think it's, it almost comes back to the question of like, what can I do about it? Where's what choice do I have? Um, and if we understand what's within our control and what's outside of our control, then there's one path. And you know, there's like four or five things that are inside of our control, and everything else is outside of it. So let's just focus on that. Mm. Don't get me wrong; like we all fall into, you know, the other brackets. Sometimes we all Not true. I am perfect. <coughs> I am fucked up ever. <laughs> That's true. Um, Lockie's perfect. Daily, um, mate. Daily. Virtus is the greatest place. Please come to Virtus. Get um, it. Shout out. But you're like we all end up in that those yeah. those left and right columns all the time. It's just a part of life. But the difference is being aware sooner or later. Hopefully within <coughs> yeah a short period of time that you reflect and go, oh yeah, okay, maybe I was like blaming. Um, KP for the dog biting Lucy's face, for example. <laughs> like, it's your fault, KP, but that's like, just an example. But, like, well, it's, it's, um, yeah, and then we, I don't know, it's like, again, on the responsibility front, it's our responsibility to build frameworks within our lives, whether it be the environments we spend our time in, the people, the people we spend our time with, how we think about things, how we reflect on things, um, what our belief systems are, what actions we take. It's to build those things up so that when, you know, 
when we something throws us off kilter, we have these frameworks to lean back into to get us back on track. Mm. Um, I'm sure you can you can um, talk or think about you know the James that went to New Zealand versus the James now. Like how much more capable are you now at overcoming? You know, hypothetically, if you were to separate from someone the way you did. Like your coping mechanisms are significantly more improved now, right? Well, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I, I hope it doesn't get to that point yeah. since I am now in a relationship. I hope it doesn't get to that point. Um, yeah, but the, but the thing, if it does and it might, mm. then you do the best you can. Yeah, and I think that's ultimately what what life's all about is to know that you're going to fuck up and know that things aren't going to work. But all you can do is what you can do in that that moment. Yeah, hundred percent. Talk me through your education. You've uh, you've done some things. Oh. Yeah, I've done a few things. I've started some things and not finished them too. Um, Nothing wrong with that. But yeah, I think post high school, I, I left year end of year 11 and went to CEDAR um, and did the sport program there um, and then finished that and then had no idea what I'd want to do. Um, so I just jumped into a sport management uh, degree like every uh, person that <laughs> loves sport goes, so yep. that, That's my off-the-cuff remark for exercise science. It's like, everyone likes sport, just does exercise science. Mm, pretty much. And yeah. I was like, well, Dad worked <coughs> in business his whole life. I love sport. Maybe I could do both. Yeah. Uh, I got a semester in, really didn't like it. Um, I think failed my accounting unit. And I think that was like the catalyst to go, yeah, you got to get out of this. So I got out, <laughs> then tried to do a teaching degree. Um, and I got a couple of semesters in. And I just wasn't enjoying it. So I jumped out of that, tried to work full-time, internal sales. That was horrendous. <laughs> um, post that degree yep. um, at a timber yard. So I had no idea about any of the products. Yep. Um, got out of that. And then what my heart had always wanted to do for a long time was to do the sports media course degree. And I'd seen it, you know, probably post my sport management degree, I saw it pop up and I made the choice to go teaching. And I just sort of said, nah, I just want to do this. Like, I really want to. And I inquired off my own bat. And, yeah, they were taking students. So I went to mum and dad and I was like, hey, guys, um, I think I want to try my third course, um, <laughs> third degree. And they sort of sat me down at the table and eyeballed me and said, this is your last, not your last chance, but yeah. you need to finish this. How's that hex debt going? <laughs> oh, don't get me started. Um, don't get me started. Um, I'm glad that I don't see it yeah. for now. Um but, yeah, they just said, you need to finish this. So I did a sports media degree for three years um, and had so much fun. So Sick. much fun doing that. Met some wonderful people. Had incredible support from the uh, the course manager, um, the lecturers. Um, it was great. You'd rock up Tuesday morning for a lecture. And shout out to Sammy Duncan, who does a lot of um, sports stuff. <laughs> We'd just talk footy for the first 45 minutes about Love yeah, that. Essendon losing on the weekend and <laughs> how Collingwood are great and yes. it was so much fun but I learnt so much, met heaps of people, did some really good assignments um, and it just gave me a grounding that I knew I could apply myself to do a degree. Yeah. But um, yeah, finished that 2018 and then had a choice to either um, work for Table Tennis Victoria. Which uh, we love which was, they were fantastic. I did my internship there. Um, and for a state body, if you compare AFL Victoria to Table Tennis Victoria, AFL Vic's got, who knows, hundreds of employees, thousands. Yeah. Table Tennis Victoria, a state body, had 
three. <laughs> yeah, well. CEO, the like just a general intern internal manager and like a participation officer. That was no, it. That's fascinating. For a state body. It's not, it, the, not the largest you know, largest sport going around. No, but for a state body yeah, and that if you interesting. if you look at all the competitions and all the places around Victoria that have yeah. um, clubs it's actually really big, but for a yep. state body to have three, it was small. So I had a great time. I just did whatever, not whatever I wanted. Like I was free to express various marketing abilities, basically. <coughs> yeah. Um, and then they offered me a part-time job, but also Holmes Glen Tafe offered me a full-time job. So I had a choice again: do I take the full-time job, which probably wasn't what I wanted to do or loved, yeah, or go part-time and then try and find a couple of days' work somewhere else. Now, this James wasn't aware yet of himself and he decided... talking about yourself in third person. <laughs> we got to that part. We got it to usually it. happens later than 45 minutes in. <laughs> he took the, the full-time job path and mm-hmm. after two years of working there, I had another, basically, a mental breakdown um, because I clashed with my manager and she basically got... I ended up playing the blame game, but I was treated in a way that I just felt horrendous about working there and just said to dad sat with him he's like mate just resign like we're here to support you and yeah it was that little tick of i'm here i love you i support you just Go. gave you the permission to do what you wanted to do anyway basically yeah um so i quit that and then i initially i took like another six months off just this was covid had just about hit um so we we're locked down so it was not like we were doing a heap anyway yep. And by this point, Sykesy had handballed me off to a beautiful man called James Harding um, at Hard Cuddles. And um, he introduced me to doing morning swims um, and just essentially, we became mates. Like, he could have easily said, all this time we're spending together, like, I could charge you yep. 200 bucks for a session. But I think he put that aside and, you know, we did so much in that COVID period where we enjoyed our time. We would go for rides. We would swim um spend time with his family and look at his life and how he um teaches his kids and loves his children and um that took me on that next progression so Sykesy took me from here to here yeah Sykesy was so aware that he said no time to handle to James James took me from here to here if you want to put it like that yeah um and then yeah I was away basically of that so what was the what were the main shifts in terms of like how you were thinking or what you were doing that you feel has allowed that growth to to happen? Oh, I think I was, for me, it, it felt like I was at that rock bottom in that post that breakup. Um, and that's very easy to say because I probably had another rock bottom when I was away recently. Um, so it's interesting when people say I hit rock bottom, it's like... I've had a few rock bottoms, like, in my own head. Yeah. Um, well, and, and then, like, that that's an important important part of it is, like, that's an, it's a perception. Mm. It's like, you know, I, I mean, maybe, not qualified to ask you these questions, but maybe there's, like, a, maybe you can change that language mm. of the rock bottom. It's like, you know, I went through, I went through a tough time or I, you know, I had to... I got to the bottom of the valley and I had to figure myself out before I started climbing the next mountain. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, whatever it is. Yeah. But it's almost like each, and, and I guess, oh, what's the, 
I love my life is you know is um bookmarked by quotes, but it's like um upon reflection, the times of struggle are often seen as the most beautiful. Like, do you look back on those rock bottom times now as pivotal, important, wonderful, you know, even though they were difficult? Yeah, hundred percent. Um, yeah, without them, I wouldn't have flicked the switch to, to change whatever I was doing or change my mindset. So hundred percent, it probably sounds bad, but those rock bottoms like, were needed or those yeah, real oh, sure. struggles were needed. Um, I mean, su- yeah, suffering is part of the human <coughs> human experience, and if we don't yeah. suffer, we don't we don't get to enjoy the flip side because we, you don't you don't feel the the yin and yang or the good and bad of of it all. So I think I think pretty much, and this is probably goes this is like a nice little little uh, um, visual cuddle for everyone li- watching and um, audio cuddle for everyone listening is like know that the times you're if you're struggling at the moment or you're in a tough space, know that it gets better and know that when it does get better, you'll look back on now and almost look back fondly because of what it taught you and because of mm-hmm. what it enabled you to do. Yeah, 100%. And it's you see so many videos or the cliche term of just reach out, just reach out. And it's easier said than done because you yeah. know I've been in the space where you just don't want to reach out to people. You don't yeah. want to ask people for help. Um, yeah. And I suppose the word is yet. You don't want to ask yet. Yeah. And for me, it took, yeah, a little bit of time to ask or to say it. But, you know, the second um, bottom of the valley hit that I had, if you want to call it that. <laughs> um, we'll work on it. Was we'll, more, we'll workshop it later. was more recently. And, like, I was – and this is when I was on a Kentucky, so you're constantly with 50 people. So <laughs> I was kind of forced to reach out very quickly. Um, and that was a good thing. You know, because they're all asking me what's wrong. Why'd you, why'd you leave? Like, what's yeah. going on? And, you know, I think that was a good thing straight away that I had those those people there, even though I was only going to know them for a month. And then now we just become Instagram friends that like each other's stories <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for the next 15, 20 years. Yeah. But, it's fascinating. Um, you know, they were there in that moment. And, like, I was grateful for that. And, um, yeah, you need that struggle. Yeah, talk me, talk me through the, the last the six last six months um what you did why you did it what was the um man, my brain's not thinking of words today what was the reason why you you made the took the leap to well, um get out of melbourne six months i think yeah so that covid two years like i'd got into the habit of swimming every morning um i bought a dog um my beautiful labrador i love dearly um, shout out Evie if you're going to watch this later. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll show it that to got, you later, that got, that got me. <laughs> um, yeah, like I got into this routine and then I kept getting older and I was like, I really wanted to move out, but then wasn't earning enough money to rent on my own. Tried to do a um, share house with a couple of girls that I'd never met and that failed. <laughs> Um, and then after my pa passed, I lived alone for six months in his house, loved it, greatest experience of my life, but obviously because it was mum's house now, I wasn't paying anything, it was just, I was sitting in it, yep. and then she sold it, so I had to move back home, and when you're 25 at the time, and living with mum and dad, yep. things start Especially to Especially when you've experienced the other side of it. You start to clash a bit, and you want those freedoms, and I wasn't great at communicating what I wanted to them. Um, so it was just a bit of a butting of heads and I'd felt trapped basically. It was how I was feeling. Yeah. 
So my ingenious idea was I can get out by driving all the way across the country to Perth and let's start a life in Perth. As you do. Um, that was my greatest yeah, was idea. the adult version of running away. Yeah, basically. Um, so I was an ad student on it for a long time and then um, I finally uh, finished up in my job and then got my car built up in the period before it, got the rooftop tent, got the awning, got all the cars set. Yep. Um, and June 1st this year I uh, drove off and planned the whole trip, 15 days drive <coughs> across across to Perth, see some sights um, by myself, which was great because a lot of thinking time, a lot of self-reflection, a lot of, um, you know, thinking about the whys and what's going on in my life, what do I want. Um, yep. So it was... That was a good part of it for sure. Um, and then, yeah, got to Perth. Had about a month before um, I was flying to the UK. For Originally, I just needed to go for a wedding. So it was it turned from a, a week or two trip to, you know what, let's just make this a big, huge trip. Um, what's the point just flying 24 hours and not yep. seeing some stuff? So booked the Kentucky, um, saw family as well in the UK, and then, yeah, by, I went, went on the Kentucky tour um, and that was just go, go, go. And um, I think the age gap was a bit of an issue <laughs> in my own head. Um, you know, you, there's a lot of, there was, what, 52 people, 43 were girls, nine were guys. So um, I was trying to deal with that and then the age gap and the go, go, go nature and a lot of alcohols involved in Kentuckys and yep. emotions fly and, um, and then a lot of, I think, high school behaviour came out and I didn't like that. And then, yeah, I just got to a point during the trip, probably towards the back end, and I made a pretty poor choice on the trip. Um, and then after that choice, I just went into uh, this a spiral, essentially, and hating myself, what I'd done, um, because it just wasn't me, didn't reflect my values or what I believed in and what I'd worked so hard in the two years prior to become and I'd yeah. gone back in my head. And, yeah, it was real tough time because it didn't affect me like it was my now partner, actually, that I'd... Um, <laughs> it's funny how that works, but the choice that I made affected her. But, yeah. you know, we're now in a in a great relationship and love her dearly, so... Yeah, great um, result. Yeah, and then got back to Perth and just felt an ick um, post-trip and an ick that just wouldn't go away, that this didn't feel right. Um, so I just thought about it for a while and like spoke to my brother um, about it and he just said, mate, you're not a failure if you come back. Yeah, you know, 100%. You tried, so what? Come back. We love you. So yeah. made it's the call advice. and... Yeah, it was great advice. Made the call and... Drove back in five days and got back Melbourne Cup day and surprised mum and dad. Um, and dad bawled his eyes out and love that. Now I'm here. That's brilliant. It's and it's it's the six month like you you know that initial like this is a failure, but it's a six month adventure or six month experience that you know potentially the the lessons that it's going to teach you are lessons that you might not have learned or might not have learned for years. So yeah. Um, like looking like obviously you've only been back a couple of weeks, but looking back now, do you like what do you feel about that period of your life? Um, don't get me wrong, loved the whole six months. 
overall loved it. Um, but yeah, those those peaks and those troughs teach you so much stuff, as we've spoken about. Those mm. struggles, learnt, I learnt so much that, hey, you know, the things you took for granted, like your morning dips and um, the gym that you were coming to regularly and the dog, the walks with your dog um, yeah. or just getting a cuddle from your dog and you had didn't have all those things. You kind of took those for granted and you thought that you could go um, when you really need those things to help your own well-being in yeah. every single day of your life and you know since I've come back it's been all right let's let's start to build those habits back up again that you were doing like waking up at five and walking the dog and then go for a dip at quarter past six and then from there I'm still learning what I need you know I'm, I'm literally was sitting in my lecture before and going hmm, I think I need to go to gym at three o'clock in the Arvo because that's when I'm starting to really dip in terms of my focus with study whereas yep. my morning is when I'm most productive so maybe instead of using all your physical energy in the morning let's go in the afternoon yeah so I'm still learning that, that and that self-awareness is something you need to continually build because you know, your wants and needs and priorities and things shift right like mm. like like we mentioned before you're doing a master's now so that's going to take some yeah. take some um, resources over the next few years um, and you've just got to be able to dist- and I think this is a skill within itself as a you know functioning human you've got to be able to redistribute your resources to whatever is needed because you know you can decide to distribute them to something that's not going to help and you know you end up not having them when you need them yeah 100% and the reason you know we'll do those things talking about you know filling your cup up that old analogy that you know I wasn't filling my cup up yeah um and I knew coming back here I'd be able to fill my cup up properly to yep. be able to focus on the study and doing my masters of counseling and putting the effort into that and being um, fully invested in that um, to be able to give myself to that also invested in my partner which that's a whole nother kettle of fish the fact that she lives in Brisbane so we're going through that stuff at the moment too <laughs> trying to work out sucker for punishment how the hell do we do this yeah. um, so well, that's exciting that's another adventure that you get to go on oh huge adventure don't we've you know we've got the next four months booked of flights to see each other so that's <laughs> all sorted for sure but we're sitting here going it's gonna cost a lot of money to do this yeah, um all good things do absolutely but i wouldn't change it i all wouldn't that. change it all right. what is the what does the future looks like look like for you or oh, um are we talking in this it's next an intentionally second? ambiguous question <laughs> who knows who knows what the future holds because of that I could wake up tomorrow and just want to do something totally different. Um, but I will say, for my partner's sake, I'm not going to wake up tomorrow and leave you, don't worry. Um, that's you know nothing <laughs> to do with my future. Um, but I don't know. Uh, what, are you, what are you most excited for? Um, for the sun to shine in Melbourne, for once, because I've just heard that it's been horrendous. It's been good the last couple of days. Um, I don't know. I'm excited that I'm seeing a psychologist and she's helping me understand my shit. Um, and helping me bring that inner child back out. I'm excited to see that child again, that primary school James that is, has been pushed away for so long. Um, yeah. I'm excited to build uh, my dream, essentially, to have my own business, counselling business, to be in the same place as my partner, where, wherever that's going to be. I don't know. Love that. Um, just excited for, for all those things. Good from you. Any more to add? Any more for any more? Oh, mate. 
I can sit here for ages. I just I love talking about you myself. To do. Um, I'm sure we can, we'll do another episode at some point. Um, my story's just so great. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's, cool. it's not. I don't love know your work, ego. mate. Keep doing good things. You too, mate. Thanks for having me.